This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have, and all the blessings of Abraham are mine. I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. So I'm taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Let me say one more thing before you sit down. The extent of your blessing, the extent of your health, the extent of your success, the extent of your prosperity as a Christian is directly proportional to your respect of this book. Amen. Now, that's not so with your unsaved neighbor, man. They could lie and cheat and steal, you know, and, and what our mamas taught us apparently was not true when she taught us cheaters never prosper. I mean, look at the last seven days. But we're not talking about sinners. We're not talking about lost folk because as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are held at a higher standard and your success and your health and your prosperity is directly proportional to your respect for the written word of God. And it's horrific what these preachers have done. They hired consultants to go down to the mall and survey lost people about what do you like about church, what do you not like about church, and they have eradicated the Bible out of their sermons, and they have killed and destroyed their own people because the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And if you sit in church where there's no Bible, you don't have any faith, and then the devil can hold high carnival in your life. But here at Faith Christian Center, the devil's place is under our feet. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. You may be seated. We're in the book of 1 John, of course, and we have been pointing out that these modern apostates, these heretics say it doesn't matter what we do, but the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 2, 3 to 5, we know that we have come to know him if. Every time you come across the word if in the Bible, you better pay attention because that means whatever you're about to read is conditional. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's, God's love is truly made complete in him. And I was reluctant probably the first decade or so of our, my ministry, our ministry, to even deal with walking in love because the meanest Christians I ever came across were the ones that always talked about walking in love. What they wanted was for me to walk in love while they abused me. And, but see, a verse like this right here helps you, but if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. So Who's really walking in love? The person who's always moaning and groaning and whining and crying about walking in love or the person who obeys the written word of God? Now, don't shout me down now just because I'm on it. Amen. 
If anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. So really, who loves God? The person always moaning and groaning like, like a, a calf, you know, uh, wanting its mama, or uh, somebody who's actually a, an obeyer, a doer of the written word of God. They say it doesn't matter what you do, but the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 John 2, 17, the world and its desires pass away, but the man who does, the will of God lives forever. The man who, how many of you want to, let me see your hand. Everybody want to live forever. Let me see your hand. Well, that's about 75% of you. <laughs> and so God bless y'all. I don't know about the others, amen. But if you want to live forever, what does the Apostle John say you have to do? You have to do what? The will of God. And we know the will of God by the word of God. They say it doesn't matter what we do, but the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 2, 29, everyone who does what is right has been born of him. And so if you're single, if you have teenage children, teenage grandchildren who are looking for a mate for life, you better wake up, better pay attention. Better make sure they're connecting to, hanging out with doers of the word of God. Everyone who does what is right has been born of him. They say it doesn't matter what we do, but the apostle John wrote in 1 John 3, 12, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil. And his brothers were righteous. They say it doesn't matter what we do, but the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 3, 21, 24, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands, because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. See, and this, this is all tied in with getting your prayers answered. It's all tied in with getting your prayers answered. These are some of the most important words in the Bible. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Now, 1 John 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. Now, George W. Bush actually got the culture turned on this after September 11, and theologically it's called syncretism, that it doesn't matter how you look for God or search for God as long as you're looking and searching. This is nonsense because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so there are various cults, various groups, and, you know, they, they say, well, we love Father God, but now that Jesus, we don't know about him. Well, it doesn't work like that. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And John says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ born of God and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. Now, let me go back in time. This whole idea of the, the, the reason I was jaded about 
teaching on walking in love the first decade or so of my ministry because every Christian I came across who talked about walking in love, well, they were the ones using me. They were the ones abusing me. They were the ones, you know, uh, trying to sabotage me. And so it took me a while to get my mind around this, but a verse like this helps me. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. And so I saw over time, it took me time. You know, some of you may have got this right away. It took me time. I saw it over time that when you have these people moaning and carrying on about walking in love, and, but they're not obeyers of the word of God, they're not doers of the word of God, it's a ruse, it's a canard, it's, it's showmanship, it's a lie. Uh, they don't love God. They don't love me. They don't love, they don't love their brothers and their sisters. Now listen, stop looking at your phone. Doesn't matter who's Facebooking or tweeting or whatever. Pay attention to what I'm saying. I'm going to save your life right here. There, there was a guy that we knew. We loved him. We, we loved him. We loved his family. We loved them. And, but you know, he's on his third wife. Seems very convenient. You know, when a when a minister decides he doesn't like this one, and and he's got a congregation dumb enough to let him pick another one from the congregation. Then over time, he doesn't like that one, and then he picks a third one from the congregation. I mean, I mean, really think about, think about, think about how this can be abused. Because, you know, in a church, God's people, Christian people, they, they tend to look up to a minister Think about how this can be abused. See, so if somebody, somebody can, I mean, just drone on and on and on about love, but if they're not a doer of the word of God, and somebody might say, yeah, but there are people here that are divorced. Well, you just don't keep going back. We understand, we understand people getting divorced. I do. I've met people I'd have divorced. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, how many tries do you need? Right. Are you trying to match Elizabeth Taylor? You know what I'm saying? I mean, how many times at bat do you need? Amen. All right. And then, then besides that, how about this? Shouldn't ministers be held at a higher standard? Shouldn't they? So, 1 John being neglected has consequences. And just because somebody talks about how much they love you is really superfluous. You need to look at how they're acting. I mean, if they're trying to cheat you in business or they're trying, or you know, we had a situation within the last 12 months and 
Austin mentioned a name to another minister, and that minister said, well, I, I, I might stay away from that guy if I were you. And well, why? Well, because every time he's been around us, he hits on my wife. See, conduct matters. Conduct matters. Conduct. How about this? How about character? And you know, as Christian people, we keep supporting these, we collectively, not me, we keep supporting these politicians and they, they don't have any character. Yeah, but they're conservative. Well, really, can you be a conservative and not have any character? It matters. Because if somebody doesn't have any character, and how about this? You know, they swear an oath to wife one. Whoop, 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 my bad. Then they swear an oath to wife two. Up, 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 fail. Then they swear an oath to wife three. Why would you think they're going to keep their word to you? Amen. Say it out loud. Character matters. Character matters. The neglect of the little book of 1 John has had horrific consequences for the modern church. Because if you just read what this, not just apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, not just one of the 12, but one of the inner circle three, if you just read what the man wrote, This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. So see, if I love God and I carry out his commands, I'm not going to try and get your wife away from you. If I love God and I carry out his commands, I'm not going to try and cheat you. Can you see that? See, that's love. That puts me in a posture of doing what Charles Grandison Finney wrote that love is to will and to act toward the highest good of the other. See, if I love God and I'm obeying his commands, I'm not going to try and steal from you or kill you or get your wife away from you or, God forbid, take a child. On this basis alone, now I'm going to say a hard thing, and if it, you have a problem with it, that's your problem. I'm about to say a hard thing. Tell your neighbor, strap in. This is why there should not be a member of a Roman Catholic church on planet Earth anywhere. Not one. But when it comes to politics, when it comes to religion, people just get blind. They just get blind. I mean, if they're not loving God and obeying God's commands, what are you doing around them? Say it out loud. If, they're not, if they don't love God and they're not obeying God's commands, what in the world am I doing around them? Tell your other neighbor, 
This is some serious stuff. Read on. This is love for God. We used to say this every service in our, when we were on television nationwide. This is love for God. Verse 3, this is love for God to obey his commands. This is love for God to obey his commands. See, this all goes to Dewey. This is love for God to obey his commands. You know? And... We live in a society where everything is, you know, well, how do you feel about that? My daughter's got a master's degree in psychology, and, you know, I tease her. I say, well, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about How you feel doesn't have anything to do with anything. Amen. This is love for God, to obey his commands. Amen. This is love. Say it out loud. This is love for God, love to, God. Obey to obey his commands. Say it again. This is love for God, love to God. obey his commands. Amen. Say it again. This is love for God. To obey his commands. Say it again. This is love for God. To obey his commands. And, and those words coming out of my mouth on a Sunday morning at 9 o'clock is your answer as to why this is not the biggest church in the Metroplex. Doesn't matter how you feel about it. Well, I don't like that. Doesn't matter. This is the word of God. This is love for God. To obey his commands. This is love for God. To obey his commands. There are women here this morning, the Lord is saying to me, and you, you've fallen prey to this. You, you had a husband who went to work every day. You had a husband who came home with his paycheck every Friday. He might have been as boring as all heck. And, and, but you fell, fray, you fell prey to some smooth talker who t said he loved you, but he, he didn't do anything for you. He just used you. This is love for God. To obey his commands. This is love for a woman to go to work every day. This is love for a man to keep the house clean. See, wisdom is proven right by her actions. You prove who you are by what you do. You know, I had a guy up at I-30. You know, I, I said, you're an adulterer. I'm, I'm not an adulterer. I said, well, how many times have you had sex with some woman besides your wife? Oh, I don't know, 8 or 10 or 12. Well, you're an adulterer. <laughs> See, people... They want to deny reality. And the Bible says, this is love for God to obey his commands. So, so when, I, when I come to church, forsake not the, we have word on this, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. I understand vacation, I do. I understand, you know, we've got somebody out today because the child's sick, I get it. But that's not the same as, uh, you know, taking a break because, you know, my favorite person's not going to be at church today. Or how about this? How about this? How about we just bring it home? Uh, I don't need to go to church today because I was at the, far, the uh, fall uh, carnival festival on Friday night. Now, once a week will do you. This is love for God to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. And there it is. And that's the basis of 
the beef. And it breaks my heart. It does. It really does. All this, you know, people have no idea how blessed they are. But all he's ever done in my life is forgive me. All he's ever done in my life is show me mercy. All he's ever done in my life is be gracious unto me. All he's ever done in my life is heal me. All he's ever done in my life is bless me. All, all he's ever done in my life is given me success at whatever I put my hands to. All he's ever done in my life is prosper me financially. I, I, I cannot stand people who complain about God. I just can't stand it. And then I can't stand it when they try and make a, a dichotomy between Father God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you know, we like this new Jesus of the new covenant, but we don't like that, that old God there in the old covenant. And this shows up in Hollywood movies and people go to those movies and they get influenced by this, you know, in Ridley Scott's movie. I like Ridley Scott. I like his stuff, but he shouldn't do Bible movies, you know, uh, those nice Egyptians were minding their own business and uh, Moses comes along and puts all these plugs on them and, and uh, then, then, then uh, later, or no, before that, you know, all those people in Noah's day, they were minding their own business and uh, holding down jobs and, you know, taking care of their families and then this guy builds this ark and God kills everybody. <laughs> I hate it. Because Jesus said, you want to know what Father God's like? Jesus said, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Amen. So you want to know what Father God is like? Look at Jesus. Amen. You want to know how Father God thinks? Look at Jesus. You want to know how Father God operates? Look at Jesus. You want to see the, the mercy of God and the love of God? Look at Jesus. This is love for God to obey his commands and his commands are not burdensome. I've heard it my whole life. I've heard it my whole life. I know, I know it's hard to believe, but next June, I will have been preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus 50 years. Can you believe that? 5-0, 50 years. We may have cake every service next June. We got to do something big, amen. Now, I don't need it, but, you know, we may have it. And this is the beef. This is the beef. This is why this is not the biggest church in the county. This is the beef, man. This is the beef. This is love for God to obey his commands. My God, how it's all changed. I'm old enough, Sue and I are old enough to remember the Jesus movement and the Jesus people and, and the songs they wrote and, and, and they love God and they love Jesus. And the preachers of America led the whole thing into the ditch, took the Bible out of their sermons and backed off the requirements of God. See, my job is to teach you the requirements of God so that you can live a life pleasing unto God and be blessed by God all the days of your life. That's my job. My job is not to lie to you and tell you that God is dumber than the government and has no requirements. This is love for God. 
to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Yeah. And then people go, go to their list, whatever their list is. And, of course, the biggest one of all in 49 years and however many months is, you know, tithing. We mentioned tithing. We're going to mention tithing in the offering if, if this guy gets done speaking. <laughs> but when, when we talk about tithing, when Sue and Austin and I talk about tithing, we're not trying to get anything from anybody. And to us, it's academic whether you tithe or not. Because I think we have proven over these 38 years since we pioneered this church that if, if this guy over here doesn't tithe, God's going to send us somebody over here that's going to make three and four times the money and they will tithe. I mean, our needs get met whether somebody tithes or not. Amen. I think I've proven that because we ain't got no debt. Right? We paid this place off in the pandemic COVID hysteria. Amen. So apparently, the dog's hunting. Amen. Yeah, but you know, we can't afford it. That's not the question. That's like saying, you know, do you hurt somewhere in your body? That's not the question. If you want to live a long life without disease and be blessed by God at everything you put your hand to, let me see the hands of everybody. You want to live a long life without disease and you want to be blessed by God at everything you do. All right, you ready? Here it is. Train yourself on every issue of life that the first thing to come to your mind is this. If you will do one thing, if you will do one thing, if you will do one thing, it'll solve money problems, it'll solve health problems, it'll solve marriage problems, it'll solve child rearing problems, if you will do one thing. I don't like all these lists he gives us, you know, like in the testimony, you know, 12 steps to whatever. This is one step, so even the dumbest among us can get it. <laughs> you ready? Train yourself, whatever the issue of life is, to ask one question. What does God's word say about this? Amen. If you'll do that, you'll live long without disease and you'll prosper all the days of your life. What does God's word say about this? That's it, one step. Whatever it is. Because, see, like on that thing of tithing, well, I don't have enough. That's not the question. The question is, what does God's word say? Well, I want to have sex with this, other, this woman at work. Well, maybe so. That may be what your unsaved body wants, but that's not the question. The question is, what does God's word say about this? Amen. Can you see that? 
That's the question. What does God's word say about this? Yeah, but, you know, I, I, I got pain in my body. What, what do we do? One step. What does God's word say about this? And then I find out I don't have to get God to heal me because that work's done. It was done 2,000 years ago on that whipping post. That was done 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross. So I don't lie and call into work and say I'm sick and I can't go. In those four weeks, when I was in the fight of my life, did I miss prayer on a Friday morning? Did I miss prayer on a Saturday morning? Did I miss speaking? You get up and you act like what God has said is so. Amen. That's what you do tithing. That's what you do in everything. I get up and I act like what God's word has said is so. And to hell with the devil and his symptoms and his works. Amen. And his deceits and his words and his subterfuges. Like I said before I began the sermon, when you walk by faith and not by sight, you have to remain in a posture of continual spiritual warfare because we live in earthen vessels of clay and we live in a world that the Apostle Paul said is dominated by the little G-O-D called Satan because Adam didn't have a moral right to do so, but he had a legal right to do so and he handed this earth over to Satan and it will be in Satan's hands until the earth lease runs out. The Bible specifically says in the book of Psalms that the heavens and the earth are the Lord's, but he has given the earth to man. And so he gave it to Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve gave it to the devil, and that is simply the way it is until this lease, however long it runs, runs out, and then it will go back into the hands of God Almighty. But Galatians 3, 2,000 years ago, Jesus made an open show and spectacle of Satan on Calvary's cross. 2,000 years ago, Jesus put to naught every work of Satan on Calvary's cross. See, that's what I go by. So when I don't feel right in my body, or when the banker says, ain't nobody going to lend you the money, or whatever, the, whatever else Satan's dishing out and spewing out, I mean, sometimes dealing with life is almost like the porta potty fell over, you know? I mean, when everything seems to be going to heck, we go by what God has said. Jesus made an open show and spectacle of Satan on Calvary's cross. Jesus put to naught every work of Satan on Calvary's cross. So he may be running somebody, but he ain't running me. And I am a victor in Christ because when Jesus made an open show and spectacle of Satan on Calvary's cross, I was there. And when Jesus made an open show and spectacle of Satan on Calvary's cross, you were there. We were there. We are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. We were there. And what he did, he did for us. And the victory he won, he won for us. Now our job is to believe it. Our job is to confess it. Our job is to go out there in that world and act like it is so and enforce the devil's defeat every step of the way. Hallelujah. Because he is a defeated foe. He is under our feet. And what God has said about our lives is so. Hallelujah. hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. 
And if the Bible says that Jesus took up our infirmities and bore our diseases, then that is the way it is. And if the Bible says that with the stripes of Jesus we have been healed, then that is the way it is. And that is all past tense. It's not going to happen. It has already happened. So glory to God. I walk in what God has done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus did the work. Now I walk in the victory thereof. Jesus did the work. Now I walk in what God has done. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to let some pusillanimous word disobeying so-called Christian make me feel bad about it. Hallelujah. Because I also read in the word of God that he always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So he forgave my sins. He showed me mercy. He gave me grace. He gave me the desires of my heart. He blessed all the work of my hands. Hallelujah. He brought every good desire of my heart to come to pass. Hallelujah. He has blessed us and he has made us well off. Hallelujah. I ask your forgiveness for that. I punked out. He has blessed us and he has made us rich. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Look what the Lord our God has done. Yeah. Now this is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that what he has done for one he will do for all because what he has done for one he has done for all. What he did on that whipping post, he did for all. What he did on that cross, he did for all. But not everybody's saved. Not everybody's born again. Because they have not believed the good report. And they have not confessed the good report. And they have not taken action on the good report. So whether it is healing, or whether it is prosperity, or whether it is success on the job, whatever it is, if you will hear the good report, and believe the good report and confess the good report and go out here and act like the good report is so in your life, hallelujah, then you will get the results of what God has said. Hallelujah. hallelujah. And what God has said beats what the world says every day of the week. I'd rather have the will of God any day of the week than what man uh, Would you rather have the will of God or what Bernie Sanders says you ought to have? Will of God. Would you rather have the will of God or what Elizabeth Warren says you ought to have? Will of God. Would you rather have the will of God or what some of these uh, pajama-wearing, basement-dwelling, take-two-years-off-the-ministry preachers say you ought to have? So let me rehearse it again. I know it's complicated. Big long list. One step. To live long, disease free, and prospered by God. Train yourself. Whatever the issue is in life, ask yourself, what does God's word say about this?
That's all there is to it. Because then we go by what God says. Twice, I just read Daniel this week. <laughs> Explains so much from the last two and a half years. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bow to, the, to Nebuchadnezzar's gold idol, the false god. Nebuchadnezzar said, you'll either bow or you'll burn. And they said, well, we have no need to answer thee in this, our king. We may burn, but we will not bow. Into the furnace they went. And this old sinner king said, didn't we throw three men into the fire? Yes, king, we threw three men into the fire. Well, there's a fourth man. And he looks like the son of God. Hallelujah. 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 And not only were they not burned, they didn't even smell a smoke. Then Daniel got tripped up by his fellow bureaucrats. And he was thrown into the lion's den. And God shut their mouths. And the next day they took all the people that accused him and threw them in. And it says that the lions crushed their bones before they even got to the ground. And their children. But on both occasions, it says... Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were spared because they trusted in God. And Daniel was spared because he trusted in God. And you better think this through before you trust a politician. And now in 2020 forward, you better think this through before you trust a medical professional. At least get a second opinion. And I give you, my Father God, the credit, the glory, and the honor. Yes, maybe I had the sense to trust you, but you did the work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. You may be here this morning. You've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life. See, that's where it all starts. That's where it all begins. How can you walk with God if you've not given your life to Jesus, because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said in John 3, you must be born again. He didn't say it was a good idea. He didn't say it was highly recommended. He said, you must be born again. He said in Revelation chapter 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. See, as we said in the message, the work's done. And our job is to believe the good report, confess the good report, and then act like it's so. How many here this morning or watching online, how many would say, Pastor, I've, I've never given my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ, but I want to. I want to be saved. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to become a Christian. I want to live for God. I want access to all of these covenant promises and blessings you keep referring to. That's you this morning, wherever you are. Lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. There may be others here this morning, you're away from God, you're backslidden, you're not living for the Lord. And maybe you got an answer this morning in the message as to why when you pray, nothing happens. 
The word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me, I'm away from God. I'm not living for him like I know I should. I'm not living for him like I told him I would, but I, I don't want to live in a backslidden condition. Not one more day. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray with me. I want to recommit my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. We're going to pray. For this, we do have someone. I want to make sure I know what I'm doing. So if you want to be included in this prayer on recommitment, raise your hand. All right. So everybody in the room, let's stand. If you raise your hand for either invitation, I want you to take your belongings in hand. I want you to join me here at the front. You know, if the world can be crazy about what they're doing and public about what they're doing, that's crazy. Well, we can be public about what we're doing for the Lord. Also, you may be here and you did not raise a hand for a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ or a recommitment, but you want to be included in this, I want you to be, I want you to feel at home. Just gather up your belongings, step out into the aisle, join us here at the front, we're going to pray. All right, for the sake of the people online, everybody in the room, let's pray this prayer out loud together. Thank you, Father God. You are so gracious and you are so kind. And I come before you this day to give you my life. I confess that in times gone by, I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. I've lived for self. But today I turn my life around and I give you my life. I ask in Jesus' name that you would forgive me of my sins, wash me, cleanse me, purify me, I thank you, Father God, for not rejecting me, but for receiving me unto yourself and into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you'd go with Mr. Jeff Hughes, we'll get you right back in the service after we put some materials into your hands. Amen. Well, you know, that worked out great because I was mindful of the online people. We prayed the prayer and then somebody made their move reluctantly. So maybe there's uh, that's a good thing about being mindful of the people online. And if you are online and you prayed that prayer, you can contact us at FCCArlington.com slash salvation. Let us know about your decision. We'd be happy to send you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. Amen. We, we, we may not have met you, but we love you. We're meeting people all the time now. They, they come from around the world and they visit here. Amen. We may not be as free as the free state of Florida, but we're probably more free from, than wherever you're watching from. And so, you know, come to Texas, visit us at Faith Christian Center, and we'd be glad to welcome you. Amen. amen. Can you say amen? Amen.